I'm Nicole Nalepa, and you're listening to Mommyhood Unscripted, real talk about moms for moms. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode nine. We have Dan Ackerman joining us, and he leads CNET's coverage of computers and gaming. He's the editorial director there. He's the guy to talk to if you're looking to, uh, you know, get your child their very first cell phone. Um, and if you're trying to figure out, you know, how do you control your child's screen time? He is the expert to talk to. He's written about technology and culture for more than 20 years and actually appears regularly as a TV talking head, including many years as the in-house tech expert on CBS this morning. So thank you, Dan, for joining us. A pleasure to be here. And you were on CBS um, not too long ago, actually talking about this topic. It's, it's a hot topic, especially as we get into the back to school season. And yeah, everybody wants to know about like, when should I get my kid a phone? What should the rules be? We know they're asking for them. So it, it's on the top of a lot of people's minds. And it seems like a very stressful topic, just one of the many that parents are up against when their kid hits a certain age, right? I, I think it is stressful because it's a degree of independence for your child. It's a different experience than you probably had as a kid because when you were growing up, they either didn't have mobile phones or they were very primitive. So it's an entirely different universe that you don't have a ton of background in dealing with it you know, as a child. Right. Yeah. We did the old go to the office and call your parents if you forgot something or if you don't feel well, you don't text your parent. I'm sick. I, I want to go home. You went to the nurse's office. <laughs> Little things like that. Yeah, you're dealing with like the third or fourth generation of digital natives and each one gets a little more sophisticated, but then you get a little more removed from what their experience as a kid is, which is why I think so many people struggle with this particular question. Mm -hmm. Now, around what age are you hearing that most kids are asking for a phone? I mean, frankly, kids ask for a phone, you know, as soon as they can talk because they see it. It's in your hand all the time. They see it all the time. I remember my kid when he was maybe, I don't know, three or four or something uh, said, oh, I, I figured out your pin code for your phone just by watching your hand. Give me that. And then and then was right in there. So I, I think that starts super early. The age when we start to think that it's appropriate seems to be about 10 or 11. That's kind of where the conventional wisdom is falling down. But for a specific reason, not because they need a phone. But because that's when they're more likely to, let's say, walk to school by themselves or walk home by themselves or go to the store by themselves. And you want that ability to track them and to keep in touch. And, you know, phones are so expensive these days. Um, a lot of parents, I'm sure, once their child starts to ask and they're trying to weigh, all right, uh, do we get them a phone? And then the next question is, oh, what kind of phone do we get them? You know, do we get them the Apple phone like we all have or do we you know, kind of pared down with a flip, old fashioned flip phone. <laughs> it's tough. You know, I think the, the most obvious choice for a lot of people is a hand-me-down phone. Wait till you get a new one. And then the kid gets the hand-me-down. That's a good way to kind of ease them in. Um, or, you know, if you have an old one sitting in a drawer somewhere, you know, see if they're good with that for six months or a year, and then maybe they can get a new one. And even if you get an iPhone, they have a model called the SE that's less expensive, not inexpensive, but it's less expensive. And there's a really good market in used iPhones. So, you know, two, three hundred dollars, you can get a relatively decent recent model iPhone. Or if you're an Android person, uh, Samsung has something called the A series and those phones are all under two hundred dollars. So there are options out there. I, I wouldn't go. I know people joke around about flip phones and they're actually very secure. Security people love flip phones because you can't install anything on them. You can't get a, you know, a virus on them. They're just, you know, just basically bricks. But that's not that helpful for what we want. 
which is to basically open find my phone and find out where your kid is at any point. That's actually a really good point that you just made. And one that I didn't even think of, you know, with the, it's a tracking device essentially to see where they're at when they're not at school. Right. And being watched by teachers. Yeah. That's, that's really 90% of the justification, frankly, for a lot of people is, oh, I can see where my kid is. And when my son self dismisses from school, I can pop it open and see, oh, he's at the park. Okay. I know where he is at least, or I can see he's walking home now. That's great. Right. And, you know, depending on where you live, it's that's that's a huge security issue. And it is very helpful and kind of aids in parenting in 2022, if you will. <laughs> you know, especially now that uh, kids going back to school, COVID is, uh, uh, you know, people aren't doing remote schooling anymore. So maybe you're getting on the bus to go to school. Maybe you're getting on a train to go to school. There's a lot of different uh, situations that kids may not have been able to participate in over the last couple of years that now they are. And that ability to keep track of them, I think, is very important. I wonder if there's a little bit of like a lapse of like responsibility on a child's behalf, though, when you do introduce this kind of technology in their hands, you know, when say they are at school, you know, we were just talking about, you know, calling into the nurse or the office and you call your parents. It's, it's weird. It's, do they become more um, reliant on, you know, having a direct line to mom and dad? And is there you know, a lack of independence there that you have to teach in other areas. I don't know. I, oh, that's interesting. I mean, I find that, uh, well, first of all, during school hours, most schools don't allow you to have a phone. So you have to sure. lock it away somewhere. So yeah, I, I get that. Uh, I don't find my kid calls me a ton from his phone. He, he frankly wants as little to do when they hit that age of 10 or 11. They actually, you know, they want less to do with you, frankly. So I don't think you're going to be too worried about that. I do get text occasionally asking for you know money or to bring him something or you know like hey 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 over and over and over again but that that's more the exception than the rule okay all right i hey i only have a three-year-old so this is new territory but as uh, you had mentioned before we started it's never too early to start thinking about this stuff <laughs> and i'm you know, if we instill in kids early on call your parents and give them a phone to do it maybe they'll pick that up and later in life they'll actually do that that's true that's true um so is there a magic age that you would say you know based upon technology and what you're seeing out there that kind of kids usually get their phone or it really makes sense and it seems the most productive? It's going to vary by kid because some kids are more mature than others and some can handle it better. Uh, the The line in the sand that we've drawn, at least among the parent group that I know and, and uh, associate with is, is the kid going to be outside by themselves for a reasonable period of time, either walking to school, walking from school, going to the store, maybe going to a friend's house that's not like right next door by themselves. So when they're old enough and mature enough to handle a solo journey that maybe we did without any kind of you know technology help a long time ago, but you know if they're doing that, that's the age. And generally that's uh, fifth grade, uh, fourth grade, you know, 10, 11, I would say about 10 or 11, fifth grade-ish is really, is really the key there. Okay, hey, that's good to know. And for those who are getting a smartphone and, you know, it's not as locked down in terms of the capability that, it, you know, um, of, or what the capability they have with it, you know, we're talking about apps. It's so easy for kids to get sucked into social media, TikTok, what have you. Any advice there? There's a lot you can do. There are tons of companies that will sell you kind of nanny-ish software that will like lock things down on a phone. The kids, frankly, 
are more digital native about this stuff than we are. So they're always going to find a way around anything that you put on there. Uh, the easiest thing to do is if you have an iPhone, for example, there are actually great screen time and parental control settings built in. So if your kid has a phone and their, their Apple account is a, is a child account to your parent account, it's very easy to set what hours the phone will operate what hours it can use gaming apps or social media apps or specific times for specific apps. Like you can go on YouTube between four and six o'clock on Tuesdays and that's it. So you actually can do a lot of that stuff. Uh, there's a similar version for Android. And I think that sets a good baseline at the same time. There has to be a certain level of trust, uh, but you should always reserve the right to say to your kid, hey, I'm just going to grab your device and look at it whenever I feel like it. Mm -hmm. So just be aware that that's a thing. And I think that carries a lot more weight uh, than trying to put a whole lot of locks and limits on something that, frankly, smart kids will be able to find a way around. Uh, that's just kind of my philosophy on it. Okay. No, that's great information too. It's kind of like uh, the the 2022 version of like going to see rated R movies at your friend's house. You're going to find a way around it, right? My parents won't let me, but I'll go to so-and-so's house and see it. <laughs> you need to do, yeah, you need to do some social engineering around this rather than <laughs> looking for a purely technology solution. Right, right. Hey, it's it's nice to know that, you know, the interpersonal communication skills still exist when technology keeps improving. <laughs> Um, Kids and, are always going to find a way around all the rules. You know yeah, that. it's true. And, you know, for parents who are feeling a little anxious about getting that phone, you know, they know that, all right, this is the, this is what we're going to do, but they still, ugh, they're, they're still uneasy about it. Is there anything, any pieces of advice uh, to kind of keep them at bay a little bit, their anxiety that is? Yeah, totally. You know, provide a good example. Don't be a person who's sitting on the couch or at the dining table with your phone on all day long, obsessed with it. Uh, if you provide the right example, they're going to follow what you do. If you provide the wrong example, you can't really blame them for being glued to their phones 24-7. Uh, yeah, that's it. We have like a no phone rule at the table, you know. <laughs> that's um, good. And oh, I meant to ask you too, um, what is Gizmo? Because I'm hearing a lot about that. It's a watch, right? I've seen a few kids with this. I know a few kids with this. It is a smartwatch that has cellular capabilities built in. So it's actually a, a phone. You can make calls from it, receive calls on it, but from a limited set of numbers. So the parent can set it up and say, I can call you, you can call me, Uncle Bob can call you, but that's it. Uh, and then you have something that looks like a relatively modern smartwatch and you can actually you know, make calls on it and do the location tracking, but you don't have all the apps and features of a phone. So it's an interesting substitute for getting a phone uh, and I like that it doesn't look weird. It looks like a fairly modern, normal device. So you're not going to be too, uh, you know, stand out from the crowd too much if you just have the smartwatch rather than a phone. And I think they're pretty inexpensive. I think they're under $200. I think Verizon uh, is, the, is, is the main carrier that sells those with the service that goes along with it, because with all these, you need a, a service plan every month. Okay. Are there any phones that are that operate like that, you know, where you can only program in certain phone numbers to call? And then there are some companies that make those, but I would avoid that because, frankly, they're very limited. And if your kid shows up at, at the schoolyard with some sort of janky plastic uh, uh, security phone and everyone else has, you know, a hand-me-down iPhone, th that's not going to be a good day at the schoolyard. 
Yeah. If it's not a vintage Zach Morris phone, then it's not cool, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, these things are these things are are important for kids to develop their identities. And if you have every kid on the you know in the school has a certain type of phone, and you have this weird phone your parents got you that can only call one number, I I, I feel like that's that that's going to leave long lasting scars. Right. Yeah. And I mean, they're just probably more apt to go use a friend's phone in that situation, right? <laughs> Right. It, it, it reminds me of those. They have like these senior citizen phones that have like gigantic numbers and speed <laughs> dial like two numbers. Eh, no kid wants that. Right. Exactly. And hey, I want more from my grandparents anyways when it comes to those kinds of phones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like I said, a, a used iPhone and a used iPhone SE, you can do two to three hundred dollars and be pretty well set up. And I found that kids are really careful with their phones. I have not seen a kid in my friend circle break their phone yet. And I am amazed by that. But I think they take really good care of them because they're so important and because they realize that it's a big thing that's been entrusted to them. At the same time, make sure you get a pretty bulletproof case. Right. (laughs) Yeah. An otter box or something of that nature, right? (laughs) That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like you said, it's something that they value. So um, if you do your research and you've provided a lot of great tips, and I know that there are parents out there that are going to be like, thank you, Dan. Thank you. I needed to hear this, especially before my child starts school. So thank you so much, Dan, for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, My pleasure. Thanks a lot. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe to this new podcast, Mommyhood Unscripted. Share it with your friends, too. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. I'm Nicole Nalepa. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, Mama, you're doing great.